it's Valentine's weekend, it's the month of love. We're going to talk about marriage today. And so when I say that, singles do not shut down. Because every single in here, most of you plan on getting married. And being that you're single, you're already an expert on marriage, so you need to add this to your message, marriage and children. Um, so you need to take notes so when the next time you're teaching married co folks what they should be doing, you'll have something. Um, it's interesting, uh, a little story was a young boy went to his dad. He goes, Dad, last night on TV, I watched this documentary. And the documentary was in the, some villages in Africa that the man doesn't know the woman he's going to marry until the day his father brings her home and he's to marry her. And the father looked at it and said, son, that's, that's in every country. The man doesn't know the woman he's marrying, no matter what. <laughs> so... Um, I, I, I'm, I was a watcher. I, Crystal and I, Dr. C and I have been married. We've got to be 44 years this year. Hey, and here's the topper. There are people out there going, well, I've been married 38 years. And going, yeah, but I've been married to the same woman. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not a cumulative thing. So, <laughs> um, and, and I, was, I, I was a watcher. I was, uh, surprisingly enough, the quiet child and the last born. And I watched my parents' relationship. I watched my, uh, my brother and sister, eight years older than I was. And so I watched their marriage from an early age. Um, and there's something that I found. And for those singles, if you're taking notes, this is a statistic that I came up with. That just 100%, statistically, 100% of the people who got divorced were married. <laughs> you can challenge it, go, go on the, the net and you can challenge me. But you know, whenever anyone starts something, they, do, they never plan on getting a divorce. It's like, hey, let's see how many years we got out of this and then see ya. Um, now there might be a few people in Hollywood that do that, but like he's a millionaire and he's 98. You don't have to divorce, just wait a few more years. Um, <laughs> Everyone's ready to start, but it's usually in that starting period, like any project we do, we're great starters and poor finishers. You know, I remember when Chris and I got married, uh, my dad always talked about it. He goes, consider your finish. You know, consider this. You know, you're going to grow old with this woman. She, she's not going to be like this, you know, when you're in your 70s. Mine. Well, except if my dad were still alive, he'd see that she still is. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we are poor finishers and we're great starters. We don't consider what this is going to look like in the end. So you don't plan. And so today I want to talk about what the Bible says about marriage. And it has a word. That word, to some people, is frightening. Actually offensive. You know, to others, it's not. It's the S word. Submission. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the men are going, yes. 
the women, women here and a whip coming, you know. But I want you to know, we're going to read Ephesians chapter 5. And it's, if I do a wedding, I always re- reference Ephesians chapter 5 because it is exactly the words of our Lord on what marriage should look like. But I want you to realize it is a romance story. And you're going, if he can make this a romance story, he's better than I thought he was. <laughs> but here's, here's the deal. We need to, to just say it together. All together, we're going to say this together. This is verse 21 of chapter 5. We need to say it together if you believe it or not, if it's painful or not. We're going to say it together. So let's say it together. Husbands and wives honor Christ by submitting to each other. It doesn't say women submit to men. It is husbands and wives. It is a, a, a oneness when you come together. We got to find out who's going to lead. There needs to be a leader. It's like, oh, it's a mutual thing. Well, I had a partner when I had a business in Philadelphia, and we, I mean, we split things 50 50. He made all the money, and I did all the work. We went right down the middle. You know, and so anybody who says our marriage is 50-50, it's kind of like, yeah, she does all the laundry and I get to sit on the couch. Um, that's not what we're talking Marriage is never 50-50. Because there's so many things that the wife is so much better than the man. Having babies is one of them. But, but there are things that I do better than Crystal, and Crystal does far better than I in some things. And so it's a relationship, but because we are one in relationship, there is no 50, there's no 60, 40, there is no 70, 30. It's one. And we, we deal with our marriage as one, not me, not her. We have talents, and we try to use them. So as husbands and wives... Uh, I was just like uh, some months ago, I was the founder of this church and the lead pastor. And a few months ago, uh, the energy, what needs to take place where we want this church to go, uh, I handed over the lead pastor position to Pastor Peter. Uh, Someone has to be responsible if it all goes to crap, and it was time for me to give it up. (laughs) Some things are getting a little, it says, hey, how would you like to lead? He took it. He took it. But even if, you, if you've been to churches before, there's eldership. There needs to be one elder because what I found is we, I tried this 50-50 thing. And you know what? There needs to be a head. Whenever I would, I would push my opinion through on something the church should do and it would just go bad. And someone goes, so did you make the decision? It was the board. It was the eldership. You don't take responsibility. And the Lord says, no, someone needs to take responsibility. That's, that's just being an adult. Someone takes responsibility. And so it's saying, not saying one person is ahead of the other. It says someone's going to be responsible for this. Let me just ask you, who's responsible? who took the responsible, responsibility for your sin? Did you? Or did you give it to Jesus? You gave it to the Lord. Did you have a problem with saying, Lord, I can't do this, you do it? He was better at it, wasn't he? He did something for you that you couldn't do. 
And it's going to, it's, he goes, he is the head of the church is what we're going to read. Why? Because that's the best job for him. And he took the responsibility. He's going, in marriage, someone needs to take the responsibility. Who took the responsibility when Eve took of the fruit of good and evil? Who took that responsibility? Adam. Man, this is a romance story. It's not a burdensome thing. It's not a painful thing. It's just, it is what we're going to read, and you need to, to get ready. Say, this is a romantic. It is all about romance. So let's start that, that journey. Look at, and here's the problem with the word submission. People see something different. Who sees an old lady? Who sees a young girl? Same picture. And when I say the word submission, some people is an old lady, some people is a young girl. <laughs> I, I like going, now look at the ear. That's not an eye, it's an ear. It's a young girl turning her head. It, does everyone see both pictures? Okay, good. But you know what? That's the way submission is. It could be, it could be just an old lady to one person or a young girl to another. And hopefully today the scriptures are going to help point this out in Ephesians chapter 5. So let's start it. It says, this romantic story says, Honor Christ by submitting to each other. For the husband is the head of the wife as... Wait a minute. Don't, don't be offended yet. As Christ is the head of the church. And what's the next two words? His body. Oh my. He's the head of his body. The body exists because of what he did as a sacrifice. He's not saying this that I'm over. No, you know what? I love this. I love the body. Jesus loved the body so much that he died to create it, to have a body of, of believers, the church. His body of which he is the Savior. If he's the Savior, he has the right to be the church. He is the, he's the beginning. He is the founder. He is the reason it exists. He is the reason we exist. The man usually asks the wife, gives his hand. The marriage is going to exist because he offered it. Do you want to come together? The problem is, is too often people who demand the respect, I'm the head, don't do the things that bring respect. I mean, I've already had from the first service people going, no, I have to submit to my husband. I said, you don't have a husband. You have a guy who lives with you now and then. Romans says, unless the two of you are in agreement, it's sin. He said, you just have sin. There's no marriage, it's sin. You're not in agreement on anything. He said, so, so don't, don't bring that up to me. Our goal is that this is a romantic story, not who to place blame on. This is a romantic story. He asks for your hand in marriage. For what purpose? To love you. 
to sacrifice for you. That says, the husband is the head of the wife just as Christ is the head of who he gave his life up for. Did you do that for me? I guess I did. (laughs) If you didn't realize you did it, then you do now. You have to take responsibility. Well, she's done this and she's done that. Listen, you little snowflake. (laughs) What did I do when Jesus came after me and gave his life up? And he said that I'm to love the way he loves the church. What? There's too many people who are demanding respect who don't deserve respect. Oh, we're not done yet. We're just starting. He is the Savior and has the right to be this head. Wow. It's talking about not the title, but having the heart. It's in my heart. You're you're not to be the head of a family because you have the title husband. You're the head of the family because you have the heart to do what needs to be done. I can see see a 14-year-old boy and say, that's going to be a good husband. That's going to be a good worker. Because when I see his father say, go pick up the sticks in the backyard, he goes and picks up the sticks. And not because he's out there because his dad did it. It's because he took ownership. It's no longer, I'm doing this because my dad told me to. No, you're doing this because now it's your job. Someone gave you an opportunity. You said you're going to do it. Now it belongs to me. When you take a woman's hand... It is now your responsibility and your see to it that it gets done. That there is going to be a beginning and a finish. It brings respect. Young men, I can see if they're going to be great fathers because they have a heart for younger kids than them. How they take them out and play, how they're considered if they see them getting bullied. I saw a, a, a thing in, on the YouTube that in a Burger King, they took some young kids and they would have them getting bullied at a table. They said only 25% of the people around them got involved. I mean, they were smashing this one kid's bread and throwing his french fries and they're all laughing. Only 25% of the adults around them got up and stopped it. That's not good. It's so easy for someone to submit to someone that would die for them. I realize you are my body. We're one. Verse 24 Now, as the church submits to Christ, because it's talking about the church, he's using the marriage as a metaphor, a a symbol, a picture. He's really talking about the, 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 the church, but he goes, but let me put it in the real world that you can see, that you can feel in your own nature. 
I'm talking about this incredible relationship, this love that Jesus has for the church. And guess what? Marriage is supposed to reflect that. Which makes marriage a holy thing. It's not, I love you so much. And baby, I want you so much. That's not what marriage is. That's called lust. Marriage is honorable. And it's holy. See, this is taking on holy. You see, you're saying that my marriage is supposed to reflect the relationship between Jesus and the church. You, my, my marriage is supposed to reflect Jesus dying for someone else's sin. Tell me that's not romantic. It's the most romantic story I can think of. This is so far beyond. I mean, it's, it's not my sexual preference. Well, you know, heterosexuals get to marry whoever they want to. It's not about this. This is about something that is holy and fundamental to the Christian world. That God said, this reflects him. My son's relationship to his wife, the church. That makes marriage a symbol of their relationship. And it is up to us to live that example in the real world. To honor it, to respect it. I'm not leaving you. This is it. If it costs me my life. Were there moments for Jesus? Lord, if there were some other way that this cup could pass from me. Suffering to the drops of sweat were mixed with blood. Has anyone suffered for their marriage like that before giving up on it? That's romance. That's romance. And then after a period of time, it goes, not my will, but thine. Who said that about their marriage? Not my emotions, but what you want. Ladies, am I winning you to this being a romantic story? Could you not submit to that? Now as the church submits to Christ, so also the wives should submit to their husbands and everything. I didn't write it. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. These two verses are linked. Get this. To make her what? To make her holy. Not feel good. Holy. Clean. Cleansing her by the washing through the word with water and through the word, and to present to himself as a radiant church. Now he's talking about church, but he's also, ladies, when I love you, when your husband loves you, when you're, 
He's washing. He's not making you happy. He's making you holy. Which is going to give you security? Which is going to last longer? You know what? You can be happy. You can be happy for a period of time. It's a, it's a moment. But to be made holy, cleansed, and look, to present her. Do you know your wives present themselves to you? That's why they put on makeup today. They put on, they did their, some of y'all did your hair yesterday. Some of you didn't. Uh, <laughs> but when you go and get your hair done, who do you, what do you do? You come home and. You're presenting yourself. Did you do something with your hair? Oh, you noticed? It was blonde and now it's red. <laughs> I thought there was something. <laughs> but you present yourself. Radiant. Starts with you, man. You allow that to be radiant. People ask me, go, well, you mark does it. What's the secret of you and Crystal being married for so long? I go, well, I think number one is uh, I never asked her how much her hair costs. Ladies, can I get an amen? <laughs> I tell you, from there, everything's easy. You know, people, people have such a hard time with this, this submission thing. And I'm going, let me tell you, let me, just, let me clear this up, all right? We've been married on me 44 years, and I am the head of the house. I make every decision, major decision, Make no, I, I make every major decision. I just thank God that in 44 years, there's never been one that needed to be made. But if one's coming, I'm going to make it. <laughs> when it shows up, it's all mine. All the rest are hers. <laughs> oh, that was a man clap. <laughs> wow. Blameless. Ladies, wouldn't you like to come home and have a mate that makes you feel blameless? There's nothing that you could have done wrong. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I mean, you're going to have a discussion, but at the end of the day, I'll fix it. <laughs> it's a love story. Guys, single guys, I'm making this really hard for you to get chosen. <laughs> Your value is going way down, so you're going to have to pick it up. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I went way too long this morning. I'm sorry if y'all had to sit out there and wait. Jesus is really teaching about the church here. But how sacred this thing is. God has truly designed. He's truly designed marriage to make us holy more than just make us happy. And that's why we honor it. Verse 28. 
In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. In the years that I've been counseling, and we've had wives who've come and they've been battered, I've never known a man who had a good self-image, never known a man who felt good about himself ever to hit a woman. So ladies, this is something that you need to know if you're single. If you're recently married and you know your husband has a problem with his self-image or self-worth, you need to get, you need, both of you need to find help. Because when he feels like he's failed, he's going to take it out on the closest person to him. Because he does like his body, though he has a poor self-image, he's going to take it out on you. So ladies, it's more than how they dress or what they drive. What about their self-image, their self-worth? You know, I just hated, oh, she makes me feel so complete. Do you have her number? I need to call her. Because if she makes you feel complete, she's going to make you feel worthless also one day, and you're going to hit her. You're to be whole who you are now. And if they're not, run. Run. Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves himself, loves his wife, loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body. Just as Christ does the church. Wow. Here's a question. What is the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask you, what does Jesus do for you? What did coming to the Lord do for you? Well, what, what's the feeling it gives to you when you think of his love for you? What does it do for you? Does it make you feel loved? Does it make you feel secure? Is this husband or wife, men, men or women, doesn't matter. What, is, what comes to you? Because in this verse, it says, just as Christ does, so is the husband to his wife. What's the feeling that Jesus gives you? Does your husband give you that feeling? Do we not know what the word just means? Just as Christ does to his body, does the husband do that for his wife? Because they are one body. When you marry, it says the two will become one. Just as Christ. Do you have that effect on your wife? And because of that, just as Christ does, just as Christ serves the church, loves the church, gives up for the church, For this reason, a man leaves. Some of us got married not knowing this. We got some ground to make up. This is the reason 
you leave your mother and father. Oh, dear Lord. I wanted somebody to love me. I wanted someone who gave me good feelings that I liked being around. I didn't know it was all this. Marriage needs a reason. Not just, it makes me feel good. It makes, I love him. He loves me. Makes me laugh. You know, watch the comedy channel. For this reason, without a reason, <clears throat> it's funny that a fight, you know, people form sides in a fight. You notice that? If you go, if you go into the Marines or the Army, and and you end up in war, some guy from Montana is in a trench, you know, with bullets flying over his head with some guy from New York, and they became best friends forever because they were in a fight together, a common purpose against the enemy. Um, if, if you live in a neighborhood with an HOA, you become best friends with your neighbor who you never talk to because you hate the HOA. <laughs> and, and like, we're in this fight together. You're like, dang right we are. We're gonna. And you're friends forever because you were in that fight. And it's like, best of buddies. I would say, I can't tell you how many churches are made because did you see the color of the chairs that they bought? I, I wanted blue and they bought red. I wanted blue too. Like, hey, let's get together. Let's start another church. You know, they have a common, a common enemy. It's like, yeah, we're all together. We're in, we're in this fight. You know, and they start a church and then the church is going fine until they forget what fight they're in and then they fall apart. There's, there's, there's nothing to fight for anymore. You know what? The marriages get together and they get, they get a mortgage and they're in a fight. We got to pay this mortgage off. They have kids. We got to get these kids grown up. We got to get them clothed. We got to feed them. And they're in a fight. And then all of a sudden the mortgage is paid. The kids are gone and you got nothing to fight for anymore and you got no marriage. Oh, everything's great right now because you're in a fight. You're, you're, you have all these things in common because you're fighting this thing that's trying to attack you. And you think your marriage is fine, but you have nothing in common. You didn't have a reason to get married. You found reasons to stay married. A mortgage. Kids. Then the fight's over. People have been married 35 years, they get divorced. They're going, but you and mom loved each other. That's what we thought too. We were just in a big fight to keep you kids going and la la la. Well, it happens. Marriage needs a reason, a purpose, a vision beyond the kids, beyond the mortgage. That's so wonderful about ministry. I mean, you're serving the Lord. You don't stop serving the Lord. When the kids go off to college and get married. Dear Lord, if they have kids. You've got more kids to raise now. Call grandkids. I had to refinance my house just to pay for the gifts that Nana buys them. <laughs> I got a mortgage again. For this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and is united to a wife, and then the two become one. 
And if you love your body, you love your wife. It's not 60-40. I got married to love someone, not to be loved. I know I love this soul country, this country song says, uh, I love the way she loves me. And that's wonderful. But that's not why you get married. For, you don't get married for someone to love you. You get married to love someone. To do. To do for them. Whenever our attention is occupied on us instead of something else, external things, there's a self-centeredness. There's a boredom and anxiety. Depression. Where there's no vision, the people perish. What vision do you have for your marriage beyond the kids, beyond the mortgage? What vision do you have together? What can I pour into my wife? What vision she has? What, what can she pour into me? I know when, uh, the kids were gone, uh, but they, they never left, but they just moved to another house and they come back every Sunday. Um, but when the kids left, because Crystal told me, she goes, you run the, you, you run the church, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach my children how to read. That was one, one of the things that she always wanted to teach her children how to read. She taught them to read. Some she homeschooled. But when they're married and gone, we have this discussion, what I'm going to do. Well, that's when she went and got her doctorate. Had a goal and a vision, and I support her in that. That was a part of my goal is to do what I can to clear the path so that she can go and get her doctorate. A new goal, a new vision, something I can support her, and she does the same for me. And without vision, marriages perish. So if you're in a situation right now, you're going, well, everything's fine. Are you just, is it fine because you all have common goals because you're in a fight for the mortgage, to pay the house off? What after that? And it ends. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. That's a great love story, wouldn't you agree? However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and his wife must respect her husband. Here's the question. When I talk about, whether the scriptures talk about men love your wife, what does love mean to her? Love to her might be respect. Maybe she needs, that's, that's what love means to her. Do you know what love means? Ladies, do you know what love means to you? Is it to be heard? Is it to be touched? Is it to be appreciated? Men, what does respect mean to you? In James chapter 4, it says here, let me tell you why the reason you fight and you argue. You fight and you argue because there's something that you think you deserve and you're not getting it. I'll tell you what it is. It's right here. 
you're lacking respect from your wife, whatever that respect. Wives, you don't feel loved, whatever that word love means to you. And you have to ask the other person what love is. Because what you think is their love, the way they receive it, is, may not be. So I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to leave this up for small groups this week. There's something about humbling yourself before the Lord. So the Lord draws near to you. The person who humbles himself, who's honest, said the Lord draws near to you. He honors your request. I'm going to ask that person, it doesn't have to be a couple, it just doesn't have to be a couple thing. I'm asking you as an individual. Do you need to up your game? Do you need to take this and absorb it because you go, you know what? That's not the reason I left my mother and father. They just made me feel ooey and gooey. I was lonely. They were funny. They covered my lack. If that's you, you need to discover vision, purpose for marriage. And you might have been married for 20 years. Before I have everyone stand up, I'm going to ask you to just humble yourself and just by standing up, you're saying, Lord, here am I. I'm humbling myself. I need to discover this for myself and my marriage. If that's you, stand. I know the first service, it was a slow stand. So once you know that the Spirit of God draws near to the humble, and you men and women have humbled yourself, although there's people standing up all over. When you stand up, it's like no one else is standing up, only me. That's true humility. We're crying out to the Lord. Let me absorb this. Let me become this. Now, if you'll just join in the rest of the body and I'll pray. So, Father, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for this romantic story. It's not a burdensome, not a burdensome story. It's not a painful story. You are talking about your son in the church. And you say marriage is to look like that. So many of us have failed. So many of us weren't taught correctly. But here we are. We want to honor that which you've brought us to. That it is something that is holy, not just happy. It is holy. And we want to reflect that which your son does for his body. He loves, cares, and makes sacrifice for it. Lord, we just thank you that you so loved us that you gave us your son to be a part of his body. In Jesus' name, amen.